is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. So, how are you doing this week? Here we are, beginning of February. Stats are rolling in like crazy. A lot of numbers to talk to you today. You know, it's interesting because once you get through the month of January, everybody compiles the numbers from the year before and some staggering numbers coming down the pipe, not just with the number of sales that we uh, that we had from 2016, but a lot of interesting ones that I want to talk to you about. Also, uh, later on in the hour, uh, when we have our minutes with the mayor, we've got the Markham Mayor, Mr. Frank Scarpetti, joining us. And uh, if you want to know more about Markham, you know, definitely tune in and stay tuned because because um, the uh, Mayor uh, Scarpetti, he's been in power for uh, for quite a while now and is doing a wonderful job, and Markham has a lot to offer. So uh, that's later in the hour. And I'm going to have Greg Bennell from BNN join me. Always a great conversation. We're going to be talking a lot about what's happening in the marketplace, what we can be expecting over the next six months. Greg's right on the pulse of that. So lots coming up this hour. But as I was mentioning, the numbers that are coming out right now, it's interesting, some of the stats, and these stats aren't the ones that, you know, we just typically say, you know, hey, prices are up. Um, one of the stats that came out, and I found this actually quite staggering, was the fact that people started tracking the number of sales that went up over the asking price. And so what we saw last year was in Toronto, 37% of all sales went at least 10% over the asking price. So million dollars means it went for 1.1. And there was 37% of all sales. Toronto was the leader. Markham was next at 35% of all residential freehold sales were being sold at over 10% over the asking price. And when we go through the numbers, Milton, uh, which a lot of people are familiar with, West End, just off the 401, out towards the north of Oakville and just a little bit west of Mississauga, 7%. So 7% of all freehold sales went over 10% over the asking price. Now, of course, we all, uh, all last year, 2016, all we did was hear about multiple offers in Toronto. 20, 30 offers being bid up. And when you start hearing that only 10% over the asking price, 37% of these deals, you know, the way the news was being portrayed to everybody was that every single sale, and I mean every single sale, was, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars over the asking price. And the reason why I find this staggering is it's not nearly as much as I thought it would be. I thought it would be way higher. And, you know, the number's much lower even at 20% over the asking price. Now, again, if you've been tuning into the show for the last little while, you know that I have a real problem with agents really lowballing the asking price so they can turn around and come back to people and say, hey, listen, we sold $400,000 over the asking price. I think it's ridiculous. But this number actually shows that, that there's not as many cases. So 63% of all sales sold for less than 10% over the asking price, some at asking, some even below asking. So it's an interesting number. And I think this is one of those things that coming into 2017, we've been seeing the market. It's been very strong in January. Stats aren't quite out yet for the month, but we know it's going to be strong. We know that the prices is uh, are going to be up year over year. But more importantly, you know what uh, what are we going to be looking at? How much are we going over asking, and how much will the prices actually increase? Speaking of price increases, this is the one that I think everybody should be aware of. So, from price January 2016 to price of January 2017, the market change, so the increase. 
Aurora is the leader with 55% increase. They were looking at some of these detached homes and they start off with the average price being 914,000 in Aurora in 2016. January 2017, 1.415 million. That is staggering. The next one is Newmarket on the list. The average price in 2016, 724000 January 2017, $1.1 million, 52% change in price. Uxbridge, 683000 to $1,046,000. And as it goes on, can you believe Scugog? I don't know if many of you know where Scugog is, but when you do, it's kind of northeast of, uh, of the Oshawa area there. Prices are up in Scugog, 44%. Whitby, 41%. Oshawa, 42 Georgina, 41 Mississauga, well, this is no uh, surprise, 39% year over year, 848 to 1.1 million. Pickering rounds it out at 37%, all the way down, and uh, even looking at areas such as Ajax, Clarington. And here's the number where we're talking about the area proper, Toronto. January 2016, 1,041,000, now looking at 1.327 million, 27% increase. All the way down to Halton Hills, 8%. Oakville, uh, from last year to this year, 13%. Caledon, 20 And Milton, 22 So, year over year, these numbers are staggering. And we're going to have to wait and see, um, you know, if this trend will continue. January normally is the kind of stale month. We're wondering if 2016 was actually a little bit lower than it should have been. But these numbers are staggering. Like I said, Aurora being the leader at 55%. Pretty crazy stuff. And it's making it really difficult for some of you to be out buying homes. But at least you know that the values are still there. And we're going to have to watch what's going to happen with the government. Are they going to change some rules? Or are they going to let things just lie and see what happens? Now, when we talk about last year, 2016, of course, the implementation in British Columbia of the foreign buyer tax, you know, that knee-jerk reaction where they virtually gave no notice, a lot of people suffered with this because they lost their deal that they had already negotiated with some foreign buyers. So... Back in uh, 2016, of course, uh, Kathleen Wynne, uh, Mayor John Tory, they all were getting together, having a conversation, should we have a foreign buyer tax? It's one of those things that I've been asking for everybody's insight. Uh, a little bit later on, uh, with minutes with the mayor, with the market mayor, I'm going to be asking that exact question, of course, but... Here in Toronto, the Toronto Real Estate Board has released and said that only 4.9% of buyers were from overseas. Now, again, is that does that mean it's a foreign buyer or is it somebody actually immigrating into Canada? So is that a true number? And when numbers are getting released, it feels a little skewed because we're not getting the exact question being answered. But as they're saying right now, the headlines this week in the Toronto Star, foreign cash not driving the GTA market. You know, what's your take on it? It was interesting because I went to, uh, I was dropping some of the different offices. I was speaking to a few lawyers out there. 
And they were telling me that they've never seen more cash deals from foreign buyers, that the people are showing up with cash basically in suitcase to close a property. So I find it interesting that, you know, we get one report, but yet the people that are actually on the ground are saying it's actually a lot more. So I'm sure that this is going to be challenged by a few groups and we'll wait and see how it turns out. You know, are Treb's numbers are true or are they actually a little skewed because they're just keeping it away from the idea of a foreign buyer tax? We'll find out more as time goes on. I, I, I really th- find this to be a, a curious topic. Now, a couple things also in the news this week. I don't know if you heard right here on News Talk 1010, but a young couple filed a human rights complaint after being denied a rental property due to their age. In fact, um, I, uh, I decided to weigh in on that um, because part of my, the problem was the fact that this couple, who apparently uh, financially could qualify, they wanted to have some extra people along with them. So in a two-bedroom uh, property condominium, they're saying that they were going to have four people live in it. So as a landlord, do you have the right to refuse somebody? Well, the only time you have a right to refuse somebody is actually exactly at this time and this part of the process. Now, you cannot use racial discrimination, physical discrimination of any form, but as a landlord, you have the right to say yes or no to somebody if, for some reason, they don't meet your criteria. Now, again, it cannot you cannot use discrimination. So an age discrimination, well, we'll find out from the human rights uh, department to find out if they actually are going to win this one. But if they, if the landlord had turned around and not said anything to these people and just said, I'm sorry, I refuse your application. And if they ask why, the landlord is allowed to say, I'm sorry, I cannot tell you. I'm just refusing your application. It does not meet my criteria. If they come out and turn around flat out and say, I'm sorry, you're too young, who knows? This young couple may have a case. But as a landlord, you are allowed to set your own standards and you do not have to divulge it. If you simply say, I'm sorry, you do not meet my criteria, then you are okay as a landlord. But if you are using a discrimination factor and you actually put it in front and center, you're going to have a problem. So my advice to people is this. When you are going to rent out an investment property, first and foremost, you have to know who the tenant is that you would like to have occupy. Second of all, when you are going to conduct it, if you have a realtor working for you, you can turn around and tell them, listen, I want you to advertise the property. You can say you would, you're would you looking for a mature couple. You're looking for some, somebody experienced. Uh, if, you're con- if you own a condominium and the condominium says that you are not allowed to have a pet or animal in it, then you can say no pets or animals. But if you are not in a condominium with those rules and regulations, you can't turn around and say no pets or animals. But you can, if they turn around and say they do have a pet and you decide that that's something you want to turn down, it's kind of a gray area. So you have to be on your feet on this one. This is the only time you get to turn around and have absolute control of your property. So my advice to everyone is make sure you go to the LTB website, the Landlord Tenant Board website. Make sure you learn all the rules and regulations you need to so you can find out how to be a proper landlord. 
If not, go to thesimpleinvestor.com and you can ask us for some information as well. We can turn around and show you how you don't have to be a landlord, but you can own investment property. We've got seminars coming up this uh, this winter and spring. So if you want to get on the list, you can sign up there and definitely make sure you know what's going on. We've got our new release. It's just coming out and you're going to want to know about this latest product. So go to thesimpleinvestor.com today to uh, get your name on the list and find out more. So other than that, um, like I said a little bit earlier, really exciting show. We're going to have the Mayor of Markham joining us later in the hour with Minutes with the Mayor. And on top of that, I've got Greg Bennell coming up next. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, my guest today is Greg Bennell. You've heard him here quite a few times. He's from BNN and host of House Money. Greg, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure to be here. You know, you and I were just talking a little bit off mic there for a second. It's like, wow, could we, there's so much to talk about. I'm going to ask you a little bit about the Trump situation, okay? Because I, you know, there's lots of stats I'm going to talk to you about. Um, you know, get your take on it because the numbers are coming in. They're, they're flowing in. It's got interesting things that are happening in the real estate market today. But, you know, here we have, you know, somebody that's been in power. I guess he's coming up to two weeks now. Uh, and looking at it, um, he is absolutely making it a disaster of things. You know, I recently heard an article that people, there's a developer in the United States that's going to bring, build an underground condominium bunker because they think that the world's going to come to an end under the the uh, leadership of President Trump. Um, you know, from, from a financial perspective, I mean, the markets are just, you know, they, they have no idea which way to go. They don't. They're very confused in terms of the equity markets. When you start thinking about the real estate market too, Royal LePage had that survey a little while ago, and basically they just took the web traffic that was originating from the United States and how many people right after the election during the month of November for the fourth quarter were looking at Canadian real estate. Now they do admit themselves that it's a big leap to say I'm looking to see what a house costs in Toronto or Vancouver and actually getting in this country and finding a job. But it just shows you the amount of insecurity and fear. When you mentioned that whole bunker thing, I hadn't heard about that, but it makes sense because when people get a little nervous and uncertain about the future, they get a little bit fearful. And whether you agree with Trump's policies or not, the fact that you said the man's only been in for two weeks and the amount of executive orders and the amount of sort of confusion that has surrounded those orders. I mean, whether you're pro-Trump or against Trump, I think it's pretty hard to argue that it hasn't been a confusing two weeks, a pretty chaotic few weeks and and definitely a combative one. So people start to get a little bit nervous about what's happening, what's it going to mean for our economy. That could be a big one for our real estate uh, market too if things that he does hurts our economy. Because in the end, if you got a job and you can pay your mortgage, everything's good. If Trump sideswipes us somehow and we start seeing a weaker economy, then we could uh, see some trouble. Yeah, and that's one of the things. You know, I always say that all things lead to real estate. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, obviously if a, if a country's being, you know, prosperous, you've got good export, import. Uh, you know, when you have balance, you see some inflation. Potentially, this is where interest rates go up. You start seeing, you know, job growth, price inflation, things like that. But... 
this is, I mean, he's attacking things at so many angles right now. And, you know, despite the fact that he's saying he's keeping all his campaign promises, you know, they always say they judge a president by his first hundred days. I think that he's rewriting the book to say you can judge a president by his first two weeks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Four, let's, let's narrow that down to 14 days. And I guess if in his mind, that would be an improvement too. hundred days. Why does it take that long? Yeah, exactly. Days. That's probably his attitude. But the problem that I think that we're going to have is the fact that, you know, there is, and, and I've been speaking with, um, you know, some people down in the U.S. And one of the things that they've been telling me is that, uh, you know, they half-heartedly joke about it, but they actually are considering the move to Canada. And they've actually, you know, they've called me up and said, hey, Todd, by the way, um, you know, you know, basic pricing, basic understanding of Canadian real estate. Um, can we buy something that it's kind of like an exit strategy? Like we're not going to make it our primary residence, but if we have to go, can we do it? And it's interesting that, you know, this mentality is now starting to grow and he's, you know, he's pissing off all his allies while he's at it. You know, this week, of course, uh, he decided to step on uh, Australia's uh, prime minister. Um, Who would have thought Australia? I never had a clue that Australia would be on the list and now they're on the list. Yeah. And, and, you know, he has yet to, I think, lock horns with, uh, with uh, Prime Minister uh, Trudeau there, but um, you know there is that there is that impending meeting that everybody's concerned about, and you know one of the reasons why I think you know we can talk you know openly about this stuff is the fact that this will have uh, you know obviously an adverse effect to our economy. Yeah, right now, uh, Bank of Canada is actually you know I, they, they are they they are I think they're like a, a nervous cat in a room <laughs> full of rocking chairs right now, and you know they they just don't know should they drop the rates because this, this is this is their safety valve right now. And I know that they're very concerned about the NAFTA aspect of things. And if Bank of Canada all of a sudden drops the rates, okay, does that continue to fuel our real estate stuff? It makes you wonder, and indeed, because Governor Polaz has actually said, you know, we're, we're responsible for this. We realize we've kept borrowing low, but we're trying to keep the economy healthy. And if it means inflated risks in housing, so be it. So if we do get to that situation where they need to cut rates again because the economy is slowing, because we got sideswiped somehow by the Trump administration, or maybe even targeted directly, we don't know. If they cuts rates again, yeah, it just keeps the party going. The money remains cheap because with housing so expensive, you hear from a lot of people, they get concerned that no one's looking at the big sticker price of 900 thousand, 1.2 million. They're looking at the carrying costs with low interest rates and saying, I can do that. Sure. So there's, yeah, there's no doubt if he has to move again, cut it down to a quarter of a percent, uh, the party continues. Well, you know, I, I think it continues, but I think what it'll, what we are seeing though, and, and you know, I've talked about this in the past where the banks are actually selecting their own interest rates at a certain point, like they're setting mm-hmm. their own benchmarks. As we saw with TD and RBC back in the fall, they decided that, hey, listen, you know what, if we're controlling some of our own money here, we're going to push the rate up a little, even though if the Bank of Canada came backwards on them. So the people that are floating around with, let's say, variables, that will help them for sure. So if they stick with a variable rate, but some of these fixed rates, we saw a little bit of that uptick. So there's a, a you know, a little bit more of a diversity happening. Well, on the fixed rate side, yeah, because you get stuck in the in the point where if Donald Trump does what he says he's going to do for the U.S. economy and it strengthens and their five-year yields start to move higher, ours get dragged along with it. Mm-hmm. So we could be in that place, you're exactly right, where the fixed rates, there's a uh, there's a basis for the banks to say, we're going to raise those borrowing costs, meanwhile, while the floaters and get a bit of a break. And again, it brings us back to the beginning, all this uncertainty. Who knows where it's all headed? Yeah. And, and as I always say, everything leads to real estate. And historically, when we look at mortgages, the average person, you know, I, I one of the questions I get all the time, should you go fixed or should you float the variable? Well, if you look historically, variables always been a better place to be because you've been able to follow market trends. And, and there's been enough of a, a, of a distance between the two that it made more sense. Um, you know, 
again for yourself, you know, not asking for you to step into the mortgage realm of things, but if we're if we're rate watchers, I think that variable is probably a smart place for people to be right now. See, I'm lucky on this because I'm just a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> so I talk to people all the time about what do you think about this and what do you think about that. When sure. people ask me, I can say, well, this guy told me this and this guy told me that. But yeah, it, it, it's an interesting play in terms of if you think that those rates are going to stay longer, you can uh, you can do well in the variable space. I'm conservative by nature and not in my politics, but when it comes to money. And uh, I remember 15 years ago, my sister bought a place and she had a floating rate. And I thought, oh, the rates can't stay low forever. And I sure. locked in. She won. I lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's okay. I talk to people all the time and, and I've made the mistake of going with the with fixed rates. And then I've also been fortunate with the variable rates. So I like to be able to sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and a lot of people are always waiting just for the next shoe to drop. And all of a sudden rates go through the roof and and then they get left behind. So I think that's one of those things that we're, people are going to be concerned about. Um, we're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about some of the numbers that came through this week. Uh, Pretty interesting stats, and we're going to talk about some of the uh, multiple offer percentages. And it's not the number I thought it would be. Um, I actually thought it'd be a little different. So, uh, folks, when we come back, I've got more with Greg Bunnell from BNN. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest right now is Greg Bunnell from BNN, and he is host of House Money. And Greg, just before uh, we, you know, we were able to slag uh, President Trump a little, just because nobody knows what he's doing. Get ready for the get ready for the angry letters. Oh, I know it's going to happen. And then um, you know, it's it's interesting because we talk about interest rates, and just it, it's one of those things that I think it's not if, it's when, and you know the when or or what's going to happen could be actually they could go down potentially um, depending on what happens to the Canadian economy again leading back to Mr. Trump but one of the things that uh, we is interesting is that a um, couple of stats that I just got out this week and I found them interesting was the fact that if you take a look at the number of sales we know that we hit a record last year in the GTA market 2016 but there was an interesting number that got released and it said that um, 37% of all sales actually sold 10% over the asking price in the Toronto marketplace. I know you've been reporting on on real estate for a long time. I was following all the stories. Here's my problem with what I saw come down was the fact that they, uh, I thought the number would have been higher. Um, you know, 10%, I mean, because of the versus asking, so over asking, you know, you and I know the fact that people are throwing numbers left, right and center. And all of a sudden now there's, there's nothing, you know, it's like 37%. I would have gone 60 or 70% based on what people were reporting. Everybody was saying multiple offers, 20 offers, you know, 300 over asking price. Especially anecdotally too, when you talk to people and they say that, you know, that house was listed, everyone's looking in the market, right? And people who look and say, oh, it's listed for 1.1. I could make that work. And then they talk to an agent and they say, yeah, that's not going to go for 1.1. It's going to go for 1.4. They're low-balling right out of the gate. So you have yeah. all these conversations where people are uh, intentionally putting a lower price on their home. So I, I'm a, sort of shocked by that number too, that when people talk about that strategy being commonplace, you would think the number would be higher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and again, the numbers keep coming coming back. I mean, you know, down in some of the markets, Milton was only 7% of all offers uh, over 10% over asking. You know, Markham, 35%. So you see definitely a big diversity, GTA proper uh, 
uh, you know, properties obviously are the ones that are most sought after. But then the next thing that came out, and this is this is the big number. This is huge. So Aurora, okay, is leading year over year increase. So January 2016 average price 914. January 2017 average point 1.4 million, 55 percent change year over year for the average price for a detached home. It makes you wonder about the downtown Toronto play. There's some interesting numbers out uh, this week as well about the condo market and the fact that even yep. though in sales volumes, still Toronto, city of Toronto is big for a condo market. It had the most. It, it was only up 3% year over year in the number of condo, new condos being sold. It was the 905. It was even the old, what used to be the suburbs, North York, Etobicoke, showing the big strength. So this idea that not only are people f- driving further to find the home they can afford, and we're seeing huge gains in that area, they're actually driving further out to live in a condo, which, yeah. which is sort of counterintuitive. People say, I'm buying a condo. Oh, you want to live downtown. Yeah, exactly. You're looking at affordability. Yeah, so for sure. So that's those, those are some big staggering numbers. And when we look at it, um, you know, new market, 52% year over year. Scugog of all places, 44%. <laughs> you know, and nothing against you folks that live in Scugog, but, you know, not a lot of people know of Scugog. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even, you know, Markham, 33%. Um, but year over year, uh, Oakville, 13 Halton Hills, 8 Toronto, 26 7%. So from 2016 to 2017, right now, they're basically saying Toronto started at 1.41 million, 1.327 is the average price right now. Um, you know what? We, we, we saw Vancouver, obviously, uh, they're going backwards right now. Uh, not drastically. You know, we've got uh, Romana King from Money Sense, who we talk to regularly. She lives out there now. And she's, say, she's saying, you know, we're seeing a little bit of an adjustment, 2 3 4% kind of thing. But um, I think where the big number, I think where we'll see the big differential for BC will come from March, April, and May, because those are where their peak months mm-hmm. and I think yeah, last year exactly yeah, last year so, so, so it'll be interesting to see the comparison from 2016 to 2017 in BC I love it as the dust is uh, somewhat settling out there still not a lot of agreement of what undid the market mm-hmm. what did it uh, simply top out and exhaust itself there was some evidence even before the foreign buyer tax came in and other people say don't worry about the dynamics of that market itself look at China if you think the money is coming from China and look what happened the the, the sales soared at the same time that the loonie plummeted last year at this time. So our real estate was cheap. It was on sale for foreign money. And now there's all this talk about further clampdowns on currency leaving China. So if you can't get the money out to invest it, then that might be the real catalyst. It might be exactly a monetary policy in China and government policy and not so much what's happening here that could drive that market further up or further down. Well, interesting for you to, to talk about China because uh, Treb this week, of course, released a little stat. You know what? I'm, I think they should be audited on this one and I'm pretty sure... You don't that believe does the 5%? It, the 4.9%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure I do. I'm struggling with that one. 4.9% they're saying is the overall of overseas buyers. And I find it interesting how they phrase that, overseas buyers. is that, Are we referring to people that are also uh, immigrating here, you know, like new Canadians? So we narrowed it down to foreign buyers in BC. Okay, foreign buyers, foreign ownership, meaning basically your tax bill is sent out to another country. Yeah, you okay? don't have your residence here. You, got, so you, you don't have a mailing address here. You're not, you are not here. You don't exist here. But when they say, um, you know, buyers from overseas, Mm -hmm. are are they playing games with us? I mean, like, I have to ask, because one of the things I look at is that, first of all, we we don't think we have a huge foreign buyer 
problem here. But more importantly, 4.9%, and then they throw in the overseas. Well, is 2 or 3% you know, attributed to people that are new immigrants? Yeah, because when they break down that number, when they say it's only 5% of overall sales, and they say, and two and five of them are actually buying it as a principal residence. So exactly, that's the point you're making. Shouldn't the number be bigger? Because then we hear that the reason why Toronto is a rip-roaring real estate market is the strong economy, the amount of immigration we get to the city. So that does end up sounding like a small number if we're including, if the 5% was simply, these are people who don't have a permanent residence here, they're putting money in the market, either for safety reasons or looking for an investment, a flip, a profit. And then it might sound a little more realistic, but if we're including people who are moving here to start a new life, and of course that's the Canadian tradition, this, we all came from somewhere else to begin with. Yeah, that number. Yeah, now that I think yeah. about it that way and the way you're framing it, does sound a little bit low. Yeah, it does. I think it is low in, in the way it's just the way they're talking about it. And mm-hmm. I'd love to have uh, Treb on to clarify numbers, but they struggle with that. They don't want to talk about their numbers. You know, when they put them out there, you know, it's obviously so we're not causing a lot of concern. Nobody's going to sit there and say 4.9. Oh my goodness, that's horrible. You know, like let's throw the fire foreign buyer tax. Nobody wants a foreign buyer tax, um, you know, because there's there's enough bidding wars, but I think we've got enough, you know, homegrown Canadians or, you know, new Canadians. Everybody's having the opportunity, even though we do see competitive offers. One comment, of course, is the fact that I think people have to be very careful on when listing properties and doing the disclaimer of, hey, sold for $400,000 of the asking price when really you sold for $50,000 more than your next door neighbor did yeah, exactly. just prior, previous to that. What do you think on that? Are, are they are, Is it a bit of a bait and switch right now? Well, that's the thing, right? You go in with that low ball and you know you're going to get 1.4 and you low balled it at 1.1. And then you can say, look at what I got, you know, this big premium. It's like when you walk into a store and say, compare this shirt of $30 to $100. You're like, well, that's a lot less, but was that shirt ever $100? Yeah. (laughs) It's the the bait and switch, right? It's always that sales technique to make it look like, look how great we did. You can carve up anything the way you like it to show that you're number one. Yeah, of course. And that's a concern. You know, this has always been a tactic by realtors in the past where they, you know, look, I got you $400,000 asking price. My problem with it is is that I think it's a it really gives the public misinformation and you and I both know if we're looking at a standard of 1.1 million for a listing on a property why are we listing it for 700,000 exactly yeah and so I don't I don't think they're helping anyone in the market so Greg timing of your show when can people tune in it's on Tuesdays 5:30 Eastern time on BNN then it gets repeated out through the week and then on the weekend too I think if you're an insomniac we might hit in the early hours of Sunday yeah, there morning. You go. <laughs> any new and interesting things coming up on the show Really looking forward to uh, what's going to happen in Vancouver and having those further discussions about whether there's a currency flows. And I've been really interesting too in uh, in mortgage fraud in the sense that Canadians don't think it's such a big deal to tell a little white lie. Uh, that's this famous uh, saying from Warren Buffett: "You don't know who's uh, swimming without trousers on until the tide goes out." <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, Greg, always a pleasure to have you uh, join us. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks so much, folks. That was Greg Bennell from BNN, and don't forget you can uh, check him out with uh, House Money on. On Tuesdays at 5.30 on BNN. Great show. Definitely you want to learn uh, from that show. And uh, listen, when I come back, I have more. And we've got our special segment this week, of course, which is Minutes with the Mayor. I've got Mr. Frank Scarpini joining me from Markham. Do you know much about Markham? Well, he's going to be telling us all about uh, the Markham area, plus their marketplace and what is going on, some of the future of Markham. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Now, 
more of Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. As I mentioned just before we went to the break, we have our section that is called Minutes with the Mayor. And this week, my special guest is the Mayor of Markham. And for those of you that aren't that familiar with Markham, you really need to go to their website and take a good look. Uh, Population pretty much around 350,000, incredible growing business base, very diverse uh, culture and lots to offer. And I want to bring in now the Mayor of Markham, Mr. Mayor. Frank Scarpiti. Thank you, sir, for joining us today. Hey, Todd. How are you? Good. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, I have to tell you, you know, the stats that came out this week definitely looked fabulous for people in real estate in the in the Markham area. Some staggering numbers, of course. Uh, your prices this year alone uh, in 2017, your average sale price last year uh, was in around about $1.1 million for a detached home, up at $1.5 million, 33% increase year over year. Uh, Markham has had this remarkable growth. And perhaps for our listeners, maybe you can give us, you know, just a little bit of a, an overall view of Markham. Because for, for myself, uh, you know, I'm well acquainted with it, but a lot of our listeners may not be. And perhaps you can, you know, tell us a lot of the strengths that Markham has. Well, thank you very much. And it's a great opportunity, obviously, just to let people know. And obviously, if, you know, one indicator when house prices are going up, obviously some concern about how high they're going just generally across the GTA and, and the affordability. You take a look at the fact that we're growing and the fact that both new homes, resales, they're all doing quite well. And I think, you know, it's an indication of the type of neighborhoods that we have. Almost in every new neighborhood that gets created, there's always a, a focal point. But just to give people some bearings, if they wonder where does Markham start and, and end, you know, we're, we're north of Steeles Avenue, east of Young, south of Highway 7 until you get to the 404. And then east of the 404, uh, we go all the way up to uh, 19th Avenue and across. Uh, past uh, the the town line and our, our neighbor to uh, to the east with uh, with Pickering, so as you said, at 360 almost 360 thousand, we're getting towards. And one of the things we've done is with each community tried to provide a, a focal point, try to create something that's unique in in every neighborhood. And so for those of you that drive along the 404, you see that beautiful cathedral. Uh, which is the focal point for that community, Cathedral Town, which is a spectacular uh, community. And it's not finished yet. Out, out in front of that cathedral will eventually be kind of a European square with the cathedral being not only the focal point of that square, but the entire community. And then as you go across each of the communities, we've tried to create something special in Bursey, a neighborhood at Kennedy and 16th, wonderful park system in there. And really excited actually about one of our Canada 150 celebrations this year right at the corner of Kennedy and 16th, we have a beautiful statue and and beautiful square that has just been installed and we'll dedicate that later this year. And William Bursey was one of the early settlers that came to Markham and uh, certainly was a leader of the early settlers that came to the area. And again, as you go across places like Greensboro, uh, again, a, a central focus with park and some unique uh, retail spaces, a very quaint area with bakery and shops over to the East End with Cornell, uh, where we have the, the Cornell Community Center and an incredible community center, the Markham Stovall Hospital, which is just doubled in size in the last uh, couple of years. It's a state-of-the-art uh, hospital and just a, a wonderful healthcare facility. 
But again, Cornell was one of those early adopters of new urbanism, and really new urbanism uh, means, and we're seeing more of the, those types of neighborhoods being built across the GTA, where the garage doesn't take the front of the house, sure. the house takes the front of the house, and the streets are designed for people. It's more of that carriage home effect, and, and it definitely has a lot more character. And that's one of the nice things that I think that uh, I have to tell our listeners is that, you know, Markham is focusing, obviously, on a lot of the aesthetics as well, not just building, you know, monster buildings and, and just throwing houses up. There is actually, you know, a good plan in place. And uh, Mr. Mayor, um, one of the things that, um, you know, we're, we're well aware of here uh, at Simply Real Estate is that you also have a very good um, home to a lot of large corporations that are employing people. Maybe you can share, uh, you know, some of the names of the companies that, uh, that Markham actually houses, because a lot of people, you know, like to live close to where they work, and you've got some major corporations there. We pride ourselves on being Canada's high-tech capital. We actually have over 1,000 technology and life sciences companies uh, in the city of Markham. And I know there's different areas of the province that like to lay claim to that, uh, but we've, we've proven it through the stats. And uh, that just got reinforced last year when GM announced, and, and they will be opening in the next few months, their brand-new GM Innovation Centre, which will be developing the autonomous cars and the technology, not only the technology for the autonomous cars, but the the experience that people will have once you you don't have to drive the cars anymore. You'll have the ability to do other things in the car. So that reinforced our, our positioning. But aside from the technology companies that are here, Uh, We have over 400 uh, Canadian head offices that are located within uh, the city of Markham. Certainly IBM, uh, Aviva Insurance, which is opening their offices, brand new offices in Markham Centre later this year, AMD, GE Digital, Honeywell, Huawei Technologies, Honda, Hyundai, Toshiba, these are these Johnson and Johnson. These are all names that, that people recognize and and that's one of the things that we have really prided ourselves is that We've attracted good jobs to the city of Markham, uh, uh, good paying jobs, and uh, they're in the right industries. Excellent. Just for our listeners' sake, folks, if you're just joining us, I'm with the mayor of Markham, Mr. Frank uh, Scarpetti. And Mr. Mayor, one of the things that um, I'd like to ask every mayor is the fact that let's talk a bit, a little bit about diversity. You know, we talk about the GTA market uh, stats out saying that, uh, you know, there's not that many foreign buyers that are coming in buying, uh, you know, properties, but we are seeing a lot of people that are immigrating to uh, to the areas. Um, are you finding that you've got a strong immigration and are should we be concerned about a foreign buyer tax that, you know, is this something we should be implementing or do we not see as many foreign investors coming in? Well, I think there's no doubt that, that Markham uh, has grown particularly in the last few years, because of uh, immigration, because of people coming from all parts of the world. In fact, uh, again, we pride ourselves on on being the most diverse community in all of Canada. And again, that's not something we make up, but Stats Canada, after they get all of their information, comes back to us and and tells us that. So we're, we're very proud of the fact that you know, uh, over 60% uh, of the people that live in the city of Markham were actually born outside of Canada. And I say we're proud of that because we've also been very fortunate in that we have attracted people who come to our community who are highly educated, highly skilled, 
Um, many have that strong entrepreneurial spirit and have uh, started many companies um, within our communities, sometimes in their basement or garage, and ultimately some of them become some of our, our biggest uh, employers. So I, I actually proud of the fact that we're very diverse. It's made for a very dynamic community as well. Uh, we have many celebrations that, that happen within our community. Got the Markham Fair, of course, that people come up to. It's been a long-standing tradition in, in our community. We have the largest outdoor Asian festival in all of Canada, the, the Taste of Asia. So that diversity has meant uh, a real dynamic city, uh, a real vibrancy, but and it's made for the opportunity to host a, a number of events and, and festivals. But it's also really contributed to the economic prosperity that we have in, in our community. So yes, there's no doubt our community has grown because of new Canadians uh, deciding and choosing to want to live in, in Markham. I have to say that at least notionally, because we, we really don't have a way of tracking that per se, notionally uh, there is a small percentage perhaps of foreign buyers who may buy uh, a residential unit. But I have to say, and I've been talking to the uh, the new home builders in the area for the last year or so when, when I saw what happened out in, in uh, Vancouver, I, I really wanted to know, are there people buying homes and not moving in? And in large part, you know, they've all come back, said, no, they're buying, are the families that are moving in, and, and we deal with them on closing, and, and they're actually physically moving in. Are there some units that may be vacant because it's a foreign buyer? Yes. But it is not a large problem in our community. And I think, you know, for everything we've done to go out and promote Markham, and we've been on over a number of years, uh, international business missions to China, to India, to Israel, to Germany, even the United States, we've gone out and, and promoted our city. And uh, I am hesitant and would be hesitant to, to recommend any kind of tax that would, would slow the attraction of people coming and choosing to live and, and in many cases choosing to open a business in our community has been very, very positive for us. Excellent. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's been a great privilege to have you on Simply Real Estate and I thank you for your time. And, you know, I definitely want our listeners to know that Markham is definitely, you know, open for business and, uh, and a wonderful place to live. So thank Thank you so much. Our time is short. I do want to invite people to come up to Warden and Highway 7 in an emerging Markham downtown. Beautiful carousel for young kids and families and a, a real great place where York University will eventually open up. So great place to buy a home, great place to invest and a wonderful community to live in. Thank you so much, Mr. Mayor. Thanks, Todd. Well, that was great to have the mayor of Markham on, Mr. Frank Scarpiti, and I want to thank Greg Bennell for joining me this hour. Uh, always a pleasure. And for all of us here at Simply Real Estate, thanks for tuning in. And I want to thank, of course, my producer, Ian Grant. Remember, I'm back next week, 3 p.m. So until then, have a great week, and I'll talk to you then.